Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Online, on your mobile, and on FM. From the home of time, this is Maritime Radio Greenwich. Tees up on the opposite side. It's a great shot and oh. off the crossbar from Chickson. I think that was. I'm just trying to see. That was on the far side. Is that to Shera? The only thing missing so far from Chart is a goal, but maybe they get it here as Ricky Holmes drifts it in, right-footed, out swinging, and it's, hey, 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 it's a goal for Come on! Johnny Jackson, come on! The ball was aimed, I think, for Teixeira's head. It went straight over him, and there was Johnny Jackson on the penalty spot. Scissored volley into the back of the Scunthorpe goal. Daniels had no chance. I said the only thing missing was a charmed goal, and that's exactly what the skipper has delivered. Oh, the skipper comes up, trubs the uh, lovely cross in from Ricky Holmes. What a tackle that was by Conza. Fantastic oh, tackle by Hopper's through again this time, and Charm falling apart a bit defensively, and Hopper plays it all the way across. Oh, oh and the header Woo-hoo. from Madden Woo-hoo. bounced off the post, and they're able to get it behind for a corner. I think Declan Rudd might have touched that, you know. He's onside, Hopper. Goes back into the middle where Dort... Oh, that's oh, a lovely... Brilliant, Rudd. Lovely... Br- no, by no, Rudd, but it's no. Dr. Van Veen who buries it. And oh. Scunthorpe are back in the game after superb work from Rudd to stop the ball getting to Madden. It drops... To Van Veen, who buries it with the keeper still out of his goal. A minute and a bit of normal time. Into the box it goes. Split into the box to Sherry. Oh, back! It's a penalty. Yes! yes! Come on! To Sherry in on the challenge was pulled back. I think it was Wallace. Got Wallace it is. He was furious. I don't know why he's furious because it was a definite pull down, unless he's angry with himself. The referee making sure players. Know that they have to stay on the line as the whistle blows. Tony Watt steps forward. And yes! it into the right-hand corner. Yes! Charlton take the lead. Bang on full time. He'll probably get a booking for running into the crowd, but I don't suppose he cares. I don't think he'll care. I don't think the rest of the Charlton team will care. And I certainly don't care. was a long time coming, but Charlton finally back on the winning trail. This uh, good evening and welcome to Charlton Live, the big match preview. Uh, my name is Louis Mendes. Joining me here in the studio at the Valley, without a care in the world, uh, Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? I'm good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, for, uh, good good commentary work there as well. Thanks. Yeah. Finally broken my curse as oh, well. Oh, yeah. First time, first time we've won a game that you've been commentating on. Yeah, that was nice. Have you been commentating for the last three years? Uh, about <laughs> eight or nine games at least. <laughs> so it's not as bad as it sounds, yeah, but still pretty bad. And joining the pair of us... Uh, here at the Valley, Nathan Muller. How are you doing, Nath? 
You live in the dream, mate. Live in the dream. You sound you sound less enthusiastic about the dream this week than you do last week. And we, we no, won. no, I am. I've just uh, just saw on Twitter. You know the comeback with Barcelona. Charlton done it with seven six against Huddersfield or something in the fifties. That was yeah. Everyone's saying our one's much. Everyone yeah, knows so that our comeback. I was is, just reading it. Sorry, it's much better than uh, than uh, <laughs> but the the Champions League yeah, fakes Barcelona's <laughs> mugs. Uh, right on on tonight's show, we go look back at Tuesday nights. Uh, much needed 2-1 win over Scunthorpe here at the Valley we're going to hear exclusively from Carl Robertson uh, after that game we're going to do a little bit on football versus homophobia uh, we're going to hear from our friend Alex Steadman who uh, uh, you may know is, uh, used to be on Channel Live now works over at Crawley Town he's suffering uh, from testicular cancer at the moment but he's uh, he's turned uh, he's turned a big negative into a, a very big positive really with all his uh, his fundraising that he's going to do for the John Hartson Foundation so I caught up with Alex uh, and we're going to hear from him later on in the show then we're going to look ahead to Saturday's game with Walsall uh, potentially hearing from, from Carl Robinson again which I'm sure uh, Charlton XL uh, won't be too happy about but <laughs> that's what we're going to do uh, as we preview Saturday's game with Walsall but I mean uh, Tuesday night here at the Valley uh, late late penalty from Tony as we just heard there uh, a real relief to to get three points back on the board. Yeah, I don't know if I went a bit over the top after the game in my commentary, but I thought, you know, I, th- I said we were brilliant, and looking back, I think we were very, very good. Um, especially, especially in that first half. Definitely, yeah, for, probably for the first hour, really, until uh, McGuinness came off and we f- were forced to kind of change our formation. I thought we were excellent. We we pressed, we worked hard, and there seemed to be a little uh, like a unity in that team that we we hadn't seen for for four or five games and they looked like they were playing for each other yeah well, I remember saying after the game on Tuesday like we, we were told we saw a reaction on Saturday and obviously that was Carl probably <laughs> trying to protect the players but we didn't but we did actually see a reaction on Tuesday night and that's the first time in, in probably five or six games that we've played like that yeah no that's 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 a reaction the Saturday's game weren't a reaction at all but uh, I was tweeted um, at half time it's just amazing what what you what you can achieve by just a bit of hard work and a bit of grit and a bit of togetherness like Tom said we all worked and there was a moment the goal was great and we were playing well but there was one moment towards the end of the first half where Ricky Holmes yeah. ran for blimmin' ages and slid tackles thought mm. Dawson and then Byrne got involved and then he managed to win a throw and just from something petty but that was everyone fighting and that's when that's when I sort of knew that I thought it was going to be our yeah. day. Hunted just things like that. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, yeah, I mean, we could see it in that first half. We were certainly on top and we, we nearly went ahead after just three minutes with Teixeira, uh, who should definitely be a striker. Yeah, uh, there's no way. <laughs> he's, he's, he's so dangerous, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and that would have been a spectacular, the, the volley that, that looped over the goalkeeper and hit, hit mm. the crossbar. But I mean, we, we were on top and we were you know, getting in and around their, their area. We maybe, maybe not quite creating the chances. We saw a couple of good balls flashed across the face of goal before we did get that goal. And, uh, you know, there's a... Uh, I mean, you can you can count you'd be in the hundreds now it seems the amount of times that Johnny Jackson pops up at the vital vital moment I mean that was his 55th goal for the addicts and uh, you know when you watch it back on his right foot from the corner and and the, the technique to to get over the ball which is slightly behind him that's a superb volley uh, from the skipper to put us one up it was excellent yeah and he he wouldn't have really seen it until quite late as well because it came just over the head of one of their players and and I think it was Teixeira but yeah as you say he he'd been brilliant up until that point he was just sort of playing at the base of the diamond and just cutting out everything that that Scunthorpe were doing when they were going forwards and just playing that holding role brilliantly and then as you say he's so dangerous from set pieces he gets forward and and it's not an easy finish but he's always there he's it's always him that when we're in our darkest periods he seems to drag us through and yet again he's done it and we got over to to half time uh, with that leading tax and then even even the like say the first 15 minutes or so of that second half 
uh, it, it seemed to continue uh, in, in that same vein until, until McGuinness went off. And now this is where just the, I think Andrew Crofts came on and, and there was a little bit of a shuffling of the pack. And I think just after that, I think Scunthorpe, um, you know, and we know what a good side they can be this season. They're on a, they're on, they were on a bit of a similar run to us. So they hadn't won since sort of mid-January, end, end of January. Uh, and, and that's when they started coming back into the game. And Van Veen in particular is a striker who's, I remember in the FA Cup, uh, he was getting a lot of chances, although admittedly missing them, but he's been a handful for us throughout the season. And you could and you could tell at that point, Scunthorpe was sort of starting to come back into it. And that's just when a little bit of nervousness started to, to creep in and a couple of times they got in behind us. Yeah, I mean, I felt, um, I felt, I thought Cole was in a bit of a dilemma really because mm. I think after 60 minutes, he, he wanted to, I reckon he probably would have preferred to have taken Jacko off, but he was playing so well, I don't think he could have. I think, um, mm. and I think he was, initially I thought he was going to bring Cross on let him get settled into the game and then take Jackson off and put him in there but again because Jackson was playing so well and we was under the cosh which they, you know they're a good team and they're always going to get opportunities but I thought we started flagging a little bit um, in the second half and we did allow them to come into the game but like you said when Josh was going off um, didn't really help but I'll mention Novak as well because he's got a lot of stick but I thought he was brilliant he worked hard yeah, big nose he held, yeah. yeah big nose held the ball up and he, he linked up and I thought it was probably his best game for us I think he was. Yeah. I thought he was brilliant so uh, but yeah I know they were always going to get opportunities um, and it, obviously we always do it the hard way and obviously they scored and then I couldn't see us coming back until uh, <laughs> it was a blatant pen though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a yeah. blatant. Oh, yeah. pen. I mean, I mean, when, when that, I mean, Scunthorpe did have that big chance mm. just before the goal that the header from Madden, which Terry correctly pointed out in the commentary, that the Declan actually got his legs onto it and, and pushed mm. it onto the post. That was a superb save. Uh, we saw one, I think, a moment before or a moment after where Konza made a last ditch tackle as they were bearing down yeah. the goal as well. Great but when, when the goal did come, I mean, again, listen to the commentary. It, it, it was it was a deep cross and Declan did so well to palm it and we thought oh and like I was thinking excellent excellent work from Declan there and it's just as it's come down he just can't seems to get the ball settled in between his legs and his hands and then it just bobbles away and Van Veen can can put it into an empty net but it's so unlucky there Declan right? it was gutting yeah and it all came from work from Hopper who uh, when he came on for them was probably their best player he made a massive impact and as you say he did so well to kind of claw it out from under his post and from Van Veen. And then he was kind of sat there almost like a baby with his legs out in front of him and the ball was between his legs, but he just couldn't reach it. And so he tried to clear it away with his foot instead and then fell to Van Veen, who was able to just steer it steer it into the empty net. And as you say, they, they'd been increasing pressure for the last 10, maybe 15 minutes of the game. But aside from that, I'd, it was just felt so gutting because I felt we deserved to win the game. And at that point, as Nathan says, when their goal went in, I thought, well... I don't think we will now. Yeah, especially as they had their tails up for mm. probably the next, pro- probably up until the, the injury time, Scunthorpe probably looked the more likely. Uh, and then we and then we get that free kick. I'm going to pump it long, and I mean, Teixeira was clearly taken down. I mean, there, there was suspicions he might have had a penalty in the first half where he went down. And my my initial reaction was I thought he went down a bit easy, but then looking back at the replay, there is clear contact, so mm. you could you can understand why it could have gone either way that one. Uh, but yeah, down down the other end, uh, going into just as the clock's ticking over 90, clearly hauled down. And uh, it, it, it certainly takes some cojones to, to step up, and yeah, cojone Tone stepped up and and, uh, and and buried it in front of the covered end. Yeah, no, um, I was right in front of it. It was a blatant penalty, and the player knew it was straight away. Um, but uh, I was surprised that Jacko didn't take the ball. Jacko just watched on. You know, it, it was like a case of he's got the ball. There's no way I'm getting that ball off. What now? <laughs> We've had some high-profile misses as well. Yeah. I mean, he missed against Rochdale this season. He had a, a run of misses a few years ago, and then he didn't take one for a while. Jacko. Yeah. I think he also knew that if Tony scores it, how big it's that'll be different. for him. 
because he's yeah. come back and he's really yeah. struggled and that, that goal looked so important for him I didn't expect that reaction when he scored either to be honest no. I didn't expect him to jump in the cover then which was around us you had a, you had a couple of people who just abused Tony when he come on which you know I've not been his I must it's admit needed, is it? no, I, I'm, I'll, I'll be honest I've not been his biggest fan since he's come back but um, on his, uh, we've always said that on his day he's a good player me and Terry were surprised when he came on and we were a bit like, we both said he needs to have a performance here mm, yeah. we, obviously we weren't slagging him off but we were you know, he, he hasn't been very good since he's come back, to be honest, but maybe he just needs a goal to kick-start it. He's still young. He's he worked hard, didn't he? Yeah, he That's did work I mean. hard. Yeah. yeah, As you say, so did Novak and McGuinness. I thought, like you, I echoed, I thought Novak worked really hard and played really well. Mm. Uh, if you want to read an interview with Lee Novak, by the way, South London Press tomorrow. Uh, uh, so that, that, that final whistle goes. First one in nine now. The, the gap above the relegation zone goes to nine points, and that e- eases a few worries. Obviously, we're not out of the out of the woods just yet and we'll, we'll see what happens after the weekend of course but mm. d- d- just psychologically going from six points to nine points it feels like a much bigger gap now oh yeah huge I, and I think if we win Saturday I think, we'll be, mm. I, I think we could categorically say we're safe yeah one more I think yeah um, but it's not not even about safety now we just want to win as many games as we can because we've got three home games you know let's just try and enjoy it now we've just hopefully the players relax a little bit more now and just, just try and play and try and play the way that we want to play next year and um, but yeah we'll see it like you say we'll see how it goes after Saturday but hopefully the momentum will carry on to Saturday yeah obviously now one of the things that's worth pointing out on, on Tuesday night was the, the size of the crowd I mean it was the, the official attendance which also includes the season tickets and whatnot, is, was 9,000 uh, but I mean uh, I think Rick Everett from Voice of the Valley tweeted out earlier today that he understands there was I think 5,500 or, or just under Charlton fans within the ground so probably just under, including the Scunthorpe fans probably just under 6,000 I mean that's that's got to be one of the lowest attendances we've had down here for years and mm. you know, not not surprising really on, on the back of the last few years and and of course the, the run we're on as well yeah and I think I kind of looked around I think we said that there was probably we reckon there was about 6,000 there and I kind of wasn't, didn't really pay much attention to it because I'm just so used to us having such low attendances. But then I read a piece by Kyle Andrews today and he's talking about a League One game last time we were down here when we were getting 16,000 on a Tuesday night. And I, I can't even think of imagining or dreaming of having that many people back here again. At I mean, the again, that, that would have been the announced attendance. It probably would yeah. have been near 12, 13, but still, yeah. as you see, you just see that that's half of them just, just disappearing. And uh, obviously there were travel problems. It was a rearranged game. There are circumstances <laughs> behind it. But the truth is that the attendances are just falling at the moment. Mm, and... Uh, yeah, it's going to take a, a few more wins than that, just to, and well, mm. plenty, plenty more than that to, to try and get people back through uh, the gate. Of course, right? We got a, an email. <coughs> excuse me, that's coming from uh, from Chris Davin. It says, "Hi, boys, all living the dream. Last few days, no doubt. Uh, so the long-awaited win was achieved against promotion chasing Scunthorpe, no less. Wasn't uh, sorry. According to Honest uh, John, Carl Robinson, we were wonderful when the Scunny goal was a foul on Tex, not a massive mess up by Rudd. I wasn't there, but those I've spoken to uh, were thought Scunthorpe were abysmal, that we were poor first half, a bit better second half. Uh, with Conza outstanding, really pity he's going to be going in the summer. I thought, I thought we were, I thought we were well on top in the first half. I, didn't, mm. I wouldn't say we were poor. Um, and, and then Scunthorpe came back into it in the second half. Uh, Scunthorpe were poor though on overall, apart from maybe that last fifteen twenty minutes. But our high pressing played a part in that as well. Yeah. Like we didn't allow them to play no. straight from the front. Holmes and McGuinness and uh, Novak were pressing straight away to every ball. Yeah. Uh, Chris goes on and says, uh, "Please for Jacko, Captain Fantastic, and Tony. What, what, what? He has his uh, he has his knockers, but I'm a fan. Robinson's Red Army was sung loud and proud well into the night." And Carl Salesman, Carl loves his players again. Bring on. 
uh, Walsall. So thanks for your email there, uh, Chris. Right, Carl Robinson came in to speak to uh, speak to Terry after after the game, exclusively here for Charlton Life. So this is Carl Robinson after Tuesday's win over Scunthorpe. Joined by Carl Robinson in the studio after. It's obvious, isn't it? But uh, a much better feeling uh, to, <laughs> to the evening than we've had in previous weeks. Uh, tired, my tired, Carl Robinson. Tired. <laughs> tired. Emotionally exhausted? No, because um, we've let me change the shape yesterday morning. Uh, we did two glass sessions, three classrooms, one glass today, another classroom today, and um, the players could have made me look a fool. This win today is because of the players. The players were immense. And to be honest with me, I thought the fans were excellent as well. That they got behind the team. We all had a wobble on 65 minutes, me included. Um, I thought second half, we were too honest, and we vacated spaces that we didn't in the first half. Um, I thought um, a message for Tex and for for Esri Conte that their front foot defender was immense, and another one for Declan Rudd. He saved the one that went onto the post. I did say that earlier. Actually, people didn't believe me. I've been telling everybody in that press room all uh, all evening that I thought. Well, that's you can what go in there with a little smirk on your face. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and I, mean, I didn't want to single particular players out, but uh, because you know we've in recent weeks yourself have been looking for a reaction, yeah. and uh, there was a hint of, of perhaps despair on on Saturday uh, and the previous weeks. But you've been asking <laughs> for you've been asking for a reaction. And you got it in spades tonight, didn't you? Yeah, I think it's important that. Um, I spoke to Crofty before the game and told him he wasn't playing. He was disappointed and he said to me, I'm ready the second that you need me. No arguments. Yep, he understood the reasons. He was... That's why Crofty has a career like he has. Proper man. But Jacko, listen, since I've walked in this door, Jacko's been an amazing person for me. Uh, in the hour of need, when we need him, he puts a performance in and a goal. He has a knack of getting them. Um, unfortunately, I wish he could sometimes rather Johnny Jackson three, four years ago. We're a very, very happy manager, but you can't always get what you want in some ways. We've spoke in the despair some weeks of de- of defeat about the transition that we're going to have to go through to be successful again, um, and about getting the points and then really building and looking forward to next season. Um, I know, I, I know, I really do know how to to find a way forward. Um, and night later tonight proved that what I ask of players is something that the fans want to see. They want to see an application of dedication and a desire for their shirt. The biggest clap of the night by the fans other than the goals was Ricky Holmes' challenge in the first half. And I, I call that an honest clap because it's when the fans respect your honesty and desire for their club. Um, and remember, you get paid to play. People pay to come and watch you. So you're the entertainment aspect of it, and you're the one that can't let them down. But today, I think both sets of parties, from the players and the fans, were excellent. And uh, hopefully, it's, uh, I'm a tired. We're all tired at the moment, and we're having nine players out injured before the game. A further two come off injured today. We're in probably one of the worst injury hit runs we've had for many, many years, and we're uh, we've just beat a team who could have gone back into the automatic places tonight. And that just shows you that. When we do get it right, we can be a very efficient and effective team. There, I say that the, the one of the b- bigger differences from a fans' point of view, and I'm sure uh, quite a few of the fans listening now and, and having watched it tonight will say that uh, uh, one of the major differences uh, for for me anyway was you, you mentioned before about the big tackles. Ricky mm. Holmes did it. Johnny Jackson was doing it. Te- mm. Tex was doing it. Cons was doing it. Um, and then when we were under pressure, and I felt when Josh went off, we lost a little bit of, of yeah, something. We did. Uh, they made the substitute at the same time, which didn't help. Yeah, right. I think it was difficult. I think people understand that this neighbour they played a diamond, a very successful diamond for a period of time. Um, 
and they they changed Hopper for for Holmes. Now they kept the same shape, funny enough. Um, the problem was with a ten beforehand was a deep one who wanted to come and get a defeat and run at Jacko. When Van Veen went on, he was a more mobile, off your back shoulder if you hold him in field play. And we found him difficult, said to Jacko, for like 70 minutes, just man for man mark him, don't let him go. Make sure Crofty and Freddie stay on the inside shoulder, and make sure Joe Rebo man for man marks Crooks. And then if we can get the legs up front, we can hit them on the break. Um, and obviously Tony and Carlon, that's what they were brought on to do. Um, so uh, it was hard that that moment in time. Um, we rode our luck, um, but what, when people talk about the challenge that we made, that I talk about the press and the players. If you ask any player, this they'll give you the right answer. Hopefully, the most important part of the press is the instinct of the press, the desire and the application of it. And the second most important part of the press is the last thirty centimeters. How many players you see run ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty yards and then stop? I'd much rather you get that far and you commit to them last 30 centimetres. I mean, and you know what? Do it firmly. Be aggressive in it. The Valley's aggressive. We're an aggressive team. I find that aggression so teams don't want to come here. Listen, we're a long, long, long way away from what I want to see. But tonight, the players and the fans deserve to take a bow and uh, they deserve the, the victory. But what I thought was different, in, certainly in recent weeks, not maybe not the whole season, but certainly in recent weeks, was that... Um, even when we were under pressure, with um, you know, after losing maybe our shape and then um, changing it up mm-hmm. a little bit, was we didn't stop. Therefore, uh, still being committed in those tackles. Yeah. You had Esri Conza making that superb last ditch tackle. Yeah. You had Declan Rudd with that save. Plus, very unlucky for the goal after cutting out what it was a, it's a foul. Across. It's a foul. And, and, and don't have you know yeah, it. We thought it. Yeah, and Adam Chickson as well. In a couple of games previously, when balls broke to the edge of the box, a lot of midfield players in the opposition have had free shots. At times, well, Adam Chickson straight out there stopping that from happening. Not just him, Crofts did it as well. Yeah, there's one in front of me where people don't see Chickson ran 15, 20 yards and flung his body. Now it looked like he'd done nothing. The ball went wide, but the angle and the speed of the approach was immense. And the players were excellent, and uh, they deserve all the plaudits. And I'm very, very happy for them. They've been immense for me, and I want to thank them and and hopefully the fans as well. Thank you them for the support and the players. I like that we've got a big game now here against Walsall on Saturday and I keep saying we're a long way away from what I want to see and that's not being rude or disrespectful I just know what it takes to, to be successful in this league and it takes nights like tonight consistently and you're going to take a bit of credit yourself I hope no, for uh, no, uh, the substitutions no. which I thought stabilised us a bit no, after it's a wobbly it's, period it's nothing to do with me because uh, listen you can't you can't duck and dive things when things go wrong when things go right it's down to the players and I want to that's my job I'm a very small cog in this I'm equally as much as you and, and Tom I don't know what Tom does but Tom we're all the same size cog and we're uh, from the players to the fans to everybody we all have the same amount of power and role to play within this club going forward and and uh, it's been difficult of late I know that um, when you know what you want and uh, the players today have certainly given me I'll, I'll sleep tonight I've not been sleeping. <laughs> well, yeah, I, can, uh, I can understand that. Well, from a, um, a Saturday where, certainly in the last 25 minutes and after the game, it was a, a fairly, uh, I can only speak personally, fairly depressing place. Uh, uh, and my heart was on my, my, by my bootlaces. Snap. Uh, at least today, um, we're, we're, you know, <laughs> all my chins are, f- are pointing in the right direction. Well, me and Richie, when, when we, we went back to the hotel after the game on Saturday and everyone got in the cars, and I said to Richie, we need to have a chat. What are we going to change? How are we going to change it? And we know what we want to do for next year. We're already looking at players already. We're already speaking to players. Um, but 
we've got to get right on the pitch as well because the results haven't been good enough. And uh, but then he said to me, "But you've got these out injured, them out injured. You've got Pearcey playing a game on sh- on Sunday, playing sixty minutes on Sunday. Jake Forster Caskey was running today. Harry Lennon was running today. Souls will be probably another two weeks. Hopefully they'll have him back. He's short. He's got a calf problem, and when he got sent off, he did his calf. Um, that's unfortunate for him. Uh, Jordan Mataka may be available for next week. Um, might bring one player back off loan to try and support what we're trying to do with the lack of bodies that we've got. Uh, but uh, is it a I want to relax a nice for once. I'm sure you'd be mindful not to, to rush people back. I mean, I know uh, Josh uh, looked like uh, a hamstring or a calf. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, and, and to be fair, Lee Novak stiffened up as well, mm. so we'll see how they react over the next 48 hours. Well, Carl, Cheers, thank you. over the last couple of weeks saying <laughs> never mind and bad luck. Well done today. Cheers, thank you. Yeah, thank you. From the home of time, home of time this is Maritime Radio. Greenwich. I don't do mine. I let my missus does it. He obviously gets bullied and lets his miss. He does it. <laughs> Charlton. Live. <laughs> <laughs> that kills me every time. <laughs> Welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Uh, Carl Robinson. There. Inter- interesting little uh, tip bit he gave us at the end. There, he mentioned he might be thinking about bringing bringing a player back off loan. Now, I mean, because you saw you saw Nicky Jose here on Tuesday. I mean, we yeah. think he's injured. We think that's why he's not playing for Swindon. But mm. you know. How serious is it? Is that is that the the possible? Who knows? Because you, you said he was wearing a Charlton tracksuit. Uh, yeah, he, he, he went down the uh, he was in a, he went down the tunnel after Josh got injured. And uh, but yeah, I know he's, he's been back. At, I know he's at Sparrows Lane last week as well. So uh, it's obviously been going on. So I don't know how serious it is. Mm. If he is injured, that is interesting. Very interesting. I mean, yeah. in the same the one of the local Swindon papers that he's interested, something. Didn't it? Yeah, he's it said injured, sorry. something about a hamstring issue, but the less serious side of a tear, whatever that means. So he's been sent back to us to have a look, and then they're going to speak to the Charlton physios once they've looked at them. But yeah, very interesting. Uh, Okie dokie. Right on Tuesday night, uh, it was also football versus homophobia here at the Valley uh, Day. There's going to be uh, the, the proud Valiants very much involved. We're going to hear from those very quickly. Uh, what they spoke to the club. Uh, to the club. Also, well, there is going to be a football versus homophobia tournament here at some point. I'm not certain when it is, but uh, we'll have a proper chat with uh, with the proud Valiant chart live team. Yes, yeah. mate. Yeah, good actually. Mate, yeah. smash it, mate. Yeah. And uh, well, I'm not certain about that. Oh, okay. Depends who we get in. Yeah, uh, but um, Rob Owingal. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but yeah, so we'll speak to the proud fans properly then. But just to give you some background on what the the football versus homophobia day uh, here at the Valley on Thursday was all about. Here's uh, Lisa Squires and some of the guys from football versus uh, from uh, the proud Valiants So today, football versus homophobia. Um, really excited. It's the first time we've had it at Cholton, so really excited about that. Um, we've got lots of things going on. We've got Rob Harris from the proud Valiants, Gary Ganor from uh, Bexley and Victor, both coming pitch side. They're going to be doing a little bit of an interview to explain to people what Proud Valiance is about and also what the club, the work the club have been doing with um, the football versus homophobia. We're very lucky that Charlton has a really good fan base and you know um, I myself have never experienced any homophobia here in the ground. I know that it goes on um, you know and it's up to every club to turn around and say we will not stand up for this and a lot of that is due to or is down to education you know, it's becoming a lot more prevalent to talk about homophobia in sport. And, you know, these kind of events have to happen for people to really understand that we are all supporters of football and we all have a right to enjoy the game. You know, I think the fact that Scunthorpe is so involved, and I've also heard that also the officials are going to be involved tonight. I mean, that is amazing. That is an amazing statement that, you know, 
they understand the issues. Clubs are understand the issues. I just think it's it is it's, it's, it's a difficult subject for people to actually deal with. They don't know what language to do to use. They don't know what's appropriate, what's unappropriate. So I mean, all I can say is just go forth to Charlton. You know, all the fans, thank you for supporting us. And you know, let's have a wonderful evening. Bonkers. Oh, delivery towards six off a power the free header will be tapped home again by Texera. It's free all. Again, it's the corner comes in from Jake Forsakowski at the back post. Bauer heads down. And Texera gets the second of the game. Absolutely bonkers here. Bonkers. Charlton Live. From the home of time, time, this is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. Ah! (laughs) Help! Charlton Live. So I'm at Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. The lovely Amy tweets in and says that Carl Robertson talks so much. Mm. Which is funny because he actually mentions about people saying that he talks a lot. But he says uh, in today's press day that obviously the reason he talks a lot is because he has to. But I think there, there was a good two questions Terry was halfway through asking and he just (laughs) answered something else. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's up to him. That's his prerogative. True. (laughs) Right. Um... Uh, the football versus homophobia stuff. We'll just do, talk about that quickly. We just heard there from from Lisa Squires and the club, and obviously that's something that um, well, one of the issues. That, I mean, you know, for example, racism in football was something that was particularly rife, you know, maybe thirty years ago, and it's, it's still there a bit, but no, nowhere near as much. And I guess we want to start heading in that direction with homophobia as well. Um, and and days like what we saw on Tuesday. I think it was originally for the, the Saturday, the Oxford game, that had to get rearranged. So it, it wasn't as much fanfare, perhaps, as, as they could have been. Mm. Uh, but, you know, it's important that the club sort of ha- try to help tackle these issues uh, yeah. as, as they do. Yeah, because, I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, what um, you know what colour you are or what your sexuality is like. You know, we're all to support Charlton, so it doesn't really matter. So, um, obviously, we're doing our bit, you know, get, getting it out there a like lot. We've done in terms of obviously kicking racism out and the gun crime and all that stuff that we've always done. So um, it's an, you know it's another good thing that the club are doing. Um, and yeah, like it was a bit unfortunate there wasn't them, that many fans to see it and stuff. But um, yeah, no, I think doing it's something else because it's it started quite a while ago, didn't it, or a couple of years ago when it all started well, coming the, the out. The crowd balance, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, it's good. It's, it's and. Um, so yeah, just hopefully, hopefully it'll continue. We'll obviously get aboard and make sure we don't hear anything, anything disgusting like that in the grounds. Yeah, cool. Right. Um, so obviously, football versus homophobia is one of the the excellent things that, that football can do. And now, um, there's another story that's been going around recently of the excellent stuff that that, that football can do. Uh, and this involves someone who, who used to be on Charlton Live, actually, our, our good friend Alex Stedman. Uh, he, he hasn't been on Charlton Live for a while because he's now over on. Uh, he, he works for Crawley Town FC, so he's uh, he's the media guy for them. Uh, so he, uh, he obviously hasn't got time to come over to Charlton these days, but he still he still keeps an eye out for the results. He's an addict, man. He's a, a friend of mine, personal friend, uh, and he uh, the start of February. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Every you got um, diagnosed with testicular cancer. Now, of course, uh, that's not something that's very easy to, to go through, especially for someone of Stedman's age. I mean, the joke on the show was always mm. was that he's 12, so he must be about 15 by now. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so... Um, uh, and it's obviously not something that's very easy to, to go into, but um, his story over the last month or so has been absolutely fascinating uh, in terms of the way that, um, A, he's been so brave to, to battle through what he's going through, and, and B, in terms of the way that the football world has, has surrounded him with, with support. Uh, and uh, so uh, I rang up Steaders last night uh, to find out how he's going on uh, and, and basically to chat it through, really, because it's a fascinating story. Uh, and this is what Alex had to say on his condition, uh, how he's going to beat it. And of course, uh, how the football world has uh, has supported him. Right, we're joined here now on Charlton Live by a friend of the show. Used to be on the show, Alex Stedman. Um, Alex, how you doing? Good evening, Louis. Not too bad, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks, I'm all right. It's good to good to hear your voice again. We haven't haven't, haven't heard from you for for a little while. Um, <laughs> now, obviously, uh, uh, you've uh, you're not really surrounding yourself with Charlton anymore because you got you got yourself a new job over at Crawley Town. Still keeping an eye on on the results. So. Uh, you know what's been going on with uh, with Charlton, I'm sure. But um, a, a lot of Charlton fans also know what's been going on with you. Now, you were diagnosed with a, a testicular cancer at the, at the start of February, um, and uh, well, and now you're going through the, the treatment. It sounds like the, the early the early signs sound positive for you. Yeah, it's been um, it's been a bit of a whirlwind month to be honest with you, Lou. Um, I was diagnosed at the start of February, and I received a phone call from John Hartson um, a couple of days after my diagnosis which was very helpful and very um, very uplifting. And it's sort of quite, quite, you know, I try and put things on social media as much as I feel appropriate. And as soon as I put that phone call out that he, he had wronged me, um, things sort of took off from there throughout February, really. Mm. Um, yeah, obviously, obviously, John suffered from, from testicular cancer himself a few years ago. So it was quite... Uh, it was really good of him to, 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 to ring you. And I guess that, that sort of started this little story in terms of how... Uh, the whole of the, the football world has, has sort of surrounded itself in, in support for you. Yeah, it's been absolutely amazing, to be honest with you. I, I'm a family friend of Ewan Roberts, who obviously knows John through his work with BBC Wales, and I think he asked him to give me a ring. And I was just doing my usual, you'll probably know, usual preparation on a Friday before a game on a Saturday. And I, rec- I didn't recognise a number that came up on my phone, but given the nature of what I've been told, I thought I'd better answer it. And he just went through, you know, he asked me what stage of my diagnosis I was at, what the planned treatment was. Um, told me a little bit about his condition as well that he had that was very severe. Told me to keep positive and surround my, myself with football people. And over the last month, like you say, that just seems to have amplified, really. Mm. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I guess that the fact that, that John gave you a ring obviously helped helped your decision when, when it came to sort of you decided to do some charity fundraising. You're doing it for the, the John Hartson Foundation, is it called? Yeah, the John Hartson Foundation um, raises money for research for testicular cancer. I just wanted... Um, I wanted to turn the negative into a positive as much as possible and I sort of recognised that with my job and the people that I knew and the access to contacts that I have, I thought I could make a really big difference. Um, I've been suffering quite a lot, a lot sorry, since November um, throughout December, January and excruciating amounts of pains at times with no real diagnosis and I felt like I, I, I 
hadn't been solved but I was on the way to being fixed and if I could help other people in some way and, and use the power of football which we know is so powerful then that could only be a good thing and the response from clubs has been amazing I've had signed shirts I've had footballs I've had all sorts of memorabilia from all clubs across the country it's just been outstanding really yeah, and I guess the, the, the I think the first team to, to really get the ball rolling was um, was was uh, Wickham Wanderers, and and now you put up on your on your Twitter feed a, a couple of weeks ago the video of, of Gareth Ainsworth, who when when Crawley went over to Wickham uh, and went on to win, ironically after that. But um, when you when you went over there, uh, Gareth invited you into the home dressing room and, and, and gave a little speech and 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 sort of, like say got 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 the donations rolling, including a shirt from the. The big man Akin Fenner as well, by the looks of it, which is I think there's going to be bids in for that because he's a popular player, isn't it? But that was what Gareth Ainsworth did for you there was was spectacular, really. Yeah, the result topped off. I'd probably say that's one of the, without being too dramatic, it's probably one of the best days and one of the most memorable days of my life, to be honest with you, mate. It yeah. was um, it was a roller coaster of emotions, really. Um, I turned up that day, and my counterpart Matt Cecil at Wickham Wanderers Football Club he does a fantastic job there. He said, "Have you got a minute?" And he invited me into the home change room and. You know, when you almost sort of get a feeling, I was standing in the corridor out there with Gareth Ainsworth, and um, he had a, he used to play with John Hartz at Wimbledon, so mm. we had a little discussion. He said, come in and follow me, and went through that dressing room door, and they were all immaculately sat round, as you've probably seen from the video of Matt, went in and sat with them and filmed from where they were seated, and, and it was just what well, you saw. I was speechless. I didn't really know how to react. I had to hold it together pretty well, to be honest with you, and since then, it just took off that evening. Um, my phone wouldn't stop going off. I didn't know how to turn Twitter notifications <laughs> off. I've never had that problem before. It was it was outstanding. And then, obviously, the week after, the EFL picked up on it. Um, and they sent me and my dad to Southampton versus Manchester United at Wembley, which was, again, it's, it's been one of the, the toughest, but one of the most heartwarming and brilliant months of my life, I'd say. Well, I guess this, this shows that for all the, the negative press, what we can get for this and that and managerial sackings and... Uh, and clubs and whatnot, um, the, the the good it can do as well. And like you say, I remember that, um, seeing seeing that photo of you and your dad at Wembley for for the the cup final, which was a, a really good cup final as well. Uh, just sort of summed up summed it up for me really how how well everyone's come together. Yeah, it's um, football's always been my life, mate. You know that. We've I've grown up through my teenagers. It's how I met you. It's how I met so many of my mates. It's such a big part of my life. It's the thing that's keeping me going at the moment. Even doing little bits of work from home when I feel like it. It's um, it's an amazing sport. People have a lot of preconceived ideas about it, but this I'm, I'm an isolated incident. I know there's so many more cases like this, and it's just, it all seems a bit surreal, really, but it's such a powerful sport and such a wonderful sport, and I guess that's why we love it so much, yeah. isn't it? Now, um, the, the list of clubs that sent you stuff is, uh, is longer than I can remember, but I've seen, I mean, I've seen stuff from Fleetwood, Cardiff, uh, and, and a particularly special one I noticed today came from a, from a certain man over at Reading as well. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had all sorts. I've had Liverpools and Chelsea's and Brighton's and everything. Um, but today, um, Jan Kermagant uh, sent me a signed shirt personally um, from Reading with his name and number on the back. I'm just looking at it now. I'm going to get it framed. Keep fighting, mate, and get well soon. Yeah. And it's signed. Oh, I hate to keep it together here. And um, it's been wonderful, mate, because I had a tough day today, just out of pure coincidence. I came downstairs and my dad said, oh, this came in the post, and I opened that, and it just... Every time I get a little low or every time I feel ill at the moment, I get a little pick-me-up from the footballing world and long may it continue because I think it's what's going to get me through, to be honest with you. Yeah, definitely. And we all know, well, like I say, you and me both know what Jan's like after, after that dinner we had with him a few years ago, so we know he's such a top guy. 
Um, Absolutely fantastic yeah. guy, isn't he? Wonderful guy. Not yeah. bad footballer either. <laughs> just a bit, yeah. Um, no, so I, I spoke to um, I, I spoke to the guys at Charlton yesterday, and I know you've spoken to them too. So there, there's there's going to be stuff on the way from them uh, as well. So I, I assume the plan is for to, to auction off all this stuff for the um, for the for for the John Hartson Foundation when when you get get the chance to. Absolutely, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a, a couple of weeks, maybe a month, to ease myself into the treatment. Um, get all this stuff together at Crawley Football Club, um, and then I think I'm going to set up a specialised eBay page whereby I will then collect money and give it directly through a just giving page to the John Hartson Foundation. I've looked into eventualities such as charity dinners, but I think we've seen the, the reach of social media and the internet. So I think if people can recognise it as a specialised eBay page with certain shirts signed on it for a good cause, or keep it in one place, nice and structured, that's that's the way to go. And because it's such a good cause. I know I've got time on my side in terms of putting the items up for bidding. Um, I just wanted to... I, the response has been overwhelming, mate, to be honest with you. I never expected anything like this. So the um, the more structured and, and the better planned I can make the auction, the better. Yeah, well, obviously, when you, when you get that Charlton stuff on in particular, let us know and we'll make sure that, uh, that all the, 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 our listeners to our show know exactly where to, where they can bid for that uh, for that stuff. I and mean, obviously, uh, you, you, are, you are a Charlton fan, Um uh, it's, it's difficult times down at the club at the moment, but I know I know you, you tried. You've got over to at least one game this season, and you from from afar. How how are you seeing things? Um, it's difficult, isn't it? There's been a lot of changes both on and off the field over the last couple of years. I think it's going to take a while to stabilise. Um, it's a tough league to get out of League One, but I don't think we should be in mid table with the players that we've got. Um, tweeted this morning that a year ago today, Charlton versus MK Dons, I covered for a local paper last year. Just George Texier and Richard Johnson remain now that they're on that team sheet. So that speaks volumes. I think there needs to be a bit of a change in, in philosophy from top to bottom, really, to be honest with you, without, without going to, into too much detail. A bit more continuity, a bit more structure, a bit more planning within the football club. But I wouldn't like really to say too more on that, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Um, so like, so you, you, you're just going through your treatment now. So uh, a, few, a few more weeks of, of, of treatment before you come out the other end? Uh, yeah, I've uh, just finished, um, well, almost a week into my nine weeks um, today as we speak. Um, I get rest days. Some weeks I just have a singular injection. This week, for instance, weeks uh, one, six and nine, uh, I have, well, one, four, <laughs> never was good at maths, one, four and seven, beg your pardon, I have back-to-back long days, which takes it out of you. And it's just a case of seeing what I feel up to and when I feel up to it, mm. engaging, being guided by my body, might be able to go to a game. I'll work accordingly in a couple of weeks before the next cycle kicks in, but I've got I've got age on my side and I've got I've got the world of football on my side, so I think I'll get through it. It's just about being sensible and resting, to be honest with you. Yeah, and your employers, Crawley Town, it sounds like they've been really good to you as well. I can't speak highly enough of them. Absolutely fantastic. Um, the manager, Dermot Drummy, um, his family's been heavily affected by cancer. Um, I keep it together here as well, but on Saturday after the game, um, when we were doing the interviews after the game, my dad came across them in the corridor and they had a little word of thanks and a little hug and it just speaks volumes about what this sport can do and that some things, some things in life are so precious and it's just, it's just been fantastic. They've been fantastic. They've been brilliant with me. I've loved every minute since I've been at the club. It's a really special place and it will forever hold a place in my heart, I guess, after this and my first real job and everything else. It's just been wonderful, yeah. Oh, excellent stuff, Alex. It's been so good to hear from you uh, on the show this evening and... Uh... So I've seen all the all the stuff you've been doing over over at Crawley and all the stuff you've been doing um, gathering stuff to to 
uh, auction off for the for the John Hartson Foundation as well. It's been an inspiration to see, uh, and it's been great to hear you uh, back here on Charlton Live. Thank you very much, Matt, and I look forward to seeing you soon. You take care of yourself. Jackson, From the home of time, of time. This is Maritime Radio. Greenwich. Let's not make Charlton now into a team uh, who's going everywhere and must win and must be better than uh, the home side. Charlton Live. So welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Just heard there from our, our friend Alex Stedman, who's uh, been very brave in his battle against uh, against cancer. There, he's going to come out the uh, the other side. We're all, we're all um, sure of that, and we're all backing him all the way. And like I said, there's plenty of uh, of, uh, of football clubs that have joined in. I mean, the one that made me laugh was uh, the the video from Uwe Rosler, considering how much stick he got here at the Valley. But um, you know, it was, it was a really nice thing to do, and it shows that you know football emotions during during the stadium and actually what people are like as as real human beings is probably two very separate things, isn't it? I was uh, I was flicking through Steda's Twitter feed the other day and looking at all of the different ones, and I came across that, and I was like, "Geez, Uwe Rosler, really?" <laughs> and you have that moment where you're like, "Last time I saw him," and then obviously you put it in context and look in all seriousness the news Alex has had has been obviously devastating but uh, it's something we were just talking about there while we were listening to that interview he's he's good at at being open being honest and turning these sort of things into positives and it's fantastic and he's doing really well and as you say we wish him all the best and it's uh, again raising awareness as well and you know other people who go through it if they see a story like this it might just help them as well and Mm. I'm sure he'll take some comfort in that and it sounds like they've caught it early and he's going to be all right and that's obviously the main thing and it's good to see how um how he's he's uh well he's he's employers now Crawley Town are mm. looking after him Dermot Drummy the manager he used to, used to work at Chelsea uh but they're, they're, he's doing a good job over 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 at Crawley now and uh, uh it's all looking good right we've had uh Graham Kurd says he's listening to the show hope you're enjoying it Graham he told me yesterday he saw a helicopter landing at, at Sparrow's uh Sparrow's uh, lane so we're like oh wonder if Roland's bought a helicopter <laughs> Wonder where that look my money went. It's <laughs> probably one of our injured players. Yeah, <laughs> one of the badly injured, isn't they? Yeah. Um, uh, we got an email in from uh, from Bob Nice. Says hi guys. Uh, for almost an hour, we were on top, playing with two forward and one in the hole on Tuesday night. Uh, McGuinness got injured, and the master tactician Robinson puts on another one paced midfielder, goes one up front, and we struggle. Even he must see that our best formation with this squad is four four two. Needs to do a lot better before he convinces me. And that was something we, we sort of did touch upon earlier, that the change of formation was was sort of when, uh, well, who was it, Scunthorpe started to come back into it. And then, you know, it's, it's still a question of, of, you know, square, of putting this squad into the formation that Carl wants to play with it, I guess. And, mm. and, and still learning what he needs to do. And like I say, um, Bob says he's, he's still got a little bit of convincing to do. So he's only one win in, in nine, isn't it? But... Yeah, so hopefully a step in the right direction. Yeah, I think I think when Josh went off, I think he put Rick, I put a thought he pushed Ricky further upfield um, to go alongside Noves. But as you say, when you got two quite defensive-minded players in Jacko and Crofts, then yeah, you are you know, and you've got a Rebo's quite deep line playmaker sort of player. But you're going to invite pressure. But let's not forget, you know, it's gone for well, third in the league, and that 
at some point they were going to come back into the game. The momentum was always going to swing. We weren't. It was impossible for us to keep that intensity up for ninety minutes. But um, yeah, it was nerve wracking. <laughs> it mm. was nerve wracking. But I thought, all in all, we came up, which we've already alluded to. We've come. We come up with the right challenges at the right times, and everything seemed to fall for us because um, we've had off bad luck on sort of recent weeks in terms of hitting the post and that and luckily yeah. it came even on, yeah, even on Tuesday we hit yeah, the bar again that must have been about 10 games in a row yeah it's unbelievable uh, Richard Church emailed on uh, last Sunday but it came in just, just after the show finished he said the problem at Chapman is the culture of the club one or two decent players bought in but uh, this is by luck more than judgement the long term plan of the club is to get uh, is to get by on a shoestring, have the most minimal squad possible, the minimal wage bill possible, and the most loan players as possible. The problem is Roland, get rid of him, and we rebuild from there. Now Harry Strange sent in an email with some stats for us, and uh, I won't go through them. But basically, he's, he's looked at. Um, I saw it during the week. He's uh, thrown together stats of how different managers under the regime have done. Uh, so I'll send a tweet out uh, with those so you can have a look at those and analyse those uh, for yourself. Right. Uh, Saturday, Walsall at home is going to be another difficult game. I was, I was watching their, a little clip of their manager's uh, preview today, and he's talking about how you know Walsall are a really good team, uh, particularly at home. Uh, although we did beat them there, uh, yeah, look at us. And uh, but um, but um, he was talking about how they they want to change the, the way they perform on the road, and and you know go to clubs uh, and and maybe go at clubs a bit more. So it sounded it sounded like he was implying that they were going to sort of come out and, and be a bit more expansive against us. So only on that little clip I saw, but that'll be interesting to see. But anyway, obviously he's had his say. Carl Robinson's had his say as well. We're looking ahead to Saturday's game of Warsaw. Here he is with uh, BBC Radio Kent Tony Hutt. Talking to Charlton manager Carl Robinson ahead of Saturday's home game against Walsall. Carl, a week ago you stated that three wins would ensure Charlton's survival. You got the first of the trio against Scunthorpe on Tuesday. Just how crucial was that win? Um, yeah, I think any wins is important, obviously, regardless of whatever you are in a league, because it's what, you, it's what you work hard on all week and it's what you aspire to get every time you go into a football pitch. And when you achieve that, it, it's a pleasing one, but it's, uh, listen, in the grand scheme of things, it's a very small step. Um, we spoke about culture many times, sat here, and a culture is not just one win. It, it's to sustain that over. We need to sustain it over longer periods than what we did. I think we only did it for 55, 60 minutes. Um, there's still got to be more to come. We still got to be fitter. Um, but when you look at the at this time of year and the amount of games that we've played. I thought it was a, a, a phenomenal physical output by the players. I thought it was a, a very, very good performance. What about your own emotions on Tuesday night? You turned away when Tony Watts stepped up to take that very late penalty. What was going through your mind? Well, the lack of luck that we've had uh, in the bar. I thought we had a penalty in the first half. It's a few penalties that we've not been given since I've been here. Um, the goal against Millwall, obviously, there's been so many big penalty decisions and all key match instance that we've not fell our way and once we got one I just thought oh, just. but it wasn't about that it wasn't down to Lady Luck it was down to the quality of Tony Watt's penalties it's a tremendous strike keeper goes the right way and when the goalkeeper always goes the right way for your penalties you have to strike the ball clean and he had the nerve to do it the bottle to do it um, the cover then as well which is a little bit more intense a little bit more nervous um, but when you succeed at that end it's a lot louder and a lot more special. So it was a it was a it was a good moment for him and the fans and the team. Is he your new penalty taker now? <laughs> Tony's always been a penalty taker in his own head. <laughs> um, listen, well, if he's on the pitch when we get them, he scored one and taken one, scored one. So 
I think it'd be hard to take it off him. What has that win done for the players' morale? And what does Johnny Jackson's presence in that side do for you? Yeah, I've said that a few times as well. I just wish he was three years younger sometimes. Um, he's been a stalwart for this football club. His, his honesty and the way he conducts himself is impeccable. And with young players, he's, he's always on to them every single day of being better than what it takes to be a professional footballer. He's had longevity in the game, which shows you the quality of the man and the talent that he possesses. But yeah, like I say, I'm not too sure why he can do it all the time. Um, but he, he's, he's a pleasure to work alongside him. Um, there's still life in the, in them legs, and that's for me. That's great. Is he now an impact sub for you? <laughs> in, in a different way, um, but he's. I think it was almost coming for the hour in some ways. We almost knew the importance of the game on Tuesday. Um, I went with him, um, and he paid the club. How important is it you follow up that win with another at Walsall's expense on Saturday? Yeah, it'd be great. Obviously, didn't they sitting just outside the playoffs as well? So it's another difficult challenge. Um, but listen, we're we're in a false position in some ways as well with the talent that this club possesses. Um, we we were a match for anybody as we showed on Tuesday. But it's it's the the, the effect on Tuesday's got no relevance on the performance on Saturday. Now you can't get another win off the back of a good performance. You don't get two wins for one good performance. You've got to perform well again. And, uh, and that's what it takes to be successful. And again, I'm seeing different sides of the players. I see another side of the players now where they think they've done enough. Well, that's not the right type of thing you're looking for. You want players who, every time they go on the pitch, they feel they have a point to prove. And uh, I know the players will use that as a motivation, but that's all it can ever be because they've got to realign their efforts back into Saturday and they've got to go again it's a very difficult play for, for both teams for us and Walsall they played on Tuesday as well and then Bradford and then it's just game after game after game after game it's, it's, I've never known nothing like this um, and the players are excited to put a show on like they did but they've got to do it again now for the fans on Saturday afternoon What's the latest injury update on Josh McGuinness and will, be, will he be available for you on Saturday? Um, he's going on the scanning machine I think today um, so we'll have complete conclusion to that rather than any guesstimates and hopefully it's not as bad as we thought we don't know we'll have to wait and see we've also got to get right as well there's international duty coming up in a few weeks so we've got to make sure that he's ready most importantly for us and then secondly Northern Ireland need to know because they need to select their team as well for their for their qualifiers so we'll uh, say once he's in the scanner today we'll have a, a more of a, a clear out answer What about other injuries uh, Chris Sully yeah. Jake Forster Kasky. Yeah, Jake's hopefully running again today. Harry Lennon's running again today. Pierce is training today. Uh, not available. He's going to play in the game on Sunday at AFC. Uh, and then uh, Souls. Like I say he's, he's still inside. He's not running yet. But oh, he's on the mend. Then. Sooner the better. Will long-term injury casualty Jason Pierce be available for you before the end of the season? Yeah. I like to think he can. I'm not saying when I want him on a bench because me and our fitness, me and our physio are, are, are debating over that at the moment. <laughs> Both for the right reasons. Both because he's got any reoccurrence and me because I want him back as soon as possible. But the two centre backs on Tuesday were, were, were very, very good. You're very confident with Jason that he will be back? I'd like to be back in the squad. I'm not going to say Sheffield United, but that's something that I'm telling him. Uh, but if he comes to the game on on Sunday, playing 60 minutes Sunday, 
I think there's another game in the week as well on the Wednesday I think I'm not too sure when that is uh, you come through them clear well we don't have a, a space into half in the whole club so I'm sure a 10 minute cam over the bench would be perfect for him so there we go Carl Robinson there not telling us when he uh, definitely not going to tell us 100% not going to tell us Sheffield United away hopefully <laughs> <laughs> for, uh, for Jason Pierce, but we'll, uh, we'll see uh, Carl Robinson there looking ahead to Saturday's game uh, with Walsall um, well, it's, it's you know momentum is a very important thing in football, and it's certainly something that we've had a, a in spades, but unfortunately in, in the downward spiral uh, over the last few weeks now. But you get a late winner at home to to Scunthorpe, and that is a chance to try and build some momentum now against a Walsall team that, as Carl said, just floating outside the playoffs. But yeah, there's, there's never any easy games, especially for us at this level. But uh, you know, two three home games in a row is a chance to try and get onto something of a little bit of a run now. Mm, I think. Um they are where about a month ago we thought we might be you know mm. five six points off the playoffs winning games at the moment I think they've won three of their last six and the last two in a row so as you say they're kind of knocking on that door but that last minute goal you would hope would breed some confidence um, you don't you know you don't want us to just slip back into our our recent ways and put out another flat performance but if we don't if we can keep that intensity up that we showed on Tuesday night then as Carl said, you know we're we're a good side on our day, and uh, I'd fancy our chances. Yeah, they've been Walsall by the looks of it. Have won their last five or six in a row at home. Their last away win they came on Boxing Day over at over at Port Vale. So I guess that is something you, you got to try and table. Like I say that's something their manager was talking about, sort of attacking teams away from home a bit. And obviously we, we've we know we've had we've had our injury problems, our, our changes. What well, no, it doesn't sound like is a positive at all for, for McGuinness for this weekend. So now it goes. You know, d- does Carl stick with the, the two up front and, and start with Big Nose and, and Tony White? That would seem the obvious choice. Yeah, it seems the obvious one. But um, I think it's a good thing that Walsall, if the Walsall Gaffer's come out and said that he's going to attack to attack us, I think that plays into our hands because I think we struggle when people sit behind the ball. I don't think we. Um, we can really do. We not really got a team for that, to be honest. So if someone's going to attack us, I think we offer a lot more, especially with um, obviously with Ricky Holmes, it you can sort of spring into attack really quickly. And obviously, what if he goes outside? Um, so I think it'll play in our hands if they come and attack us, which will be nice. So it might be quite open. Mm. Um, but yeah, hopefully we can build up some momentum and then take it to Tuesday, which again another difficult game against Bradford. But hopefully, three wins out of three at home. Who'd have thought it? <laughs> I don't know. Then how far are we off the playoffs? Too? Told you. I told. I said. <laughs> On Tuesday on Twitter, positivity, mate. I sense the three points. Got shot down, but you got to believe. I thought you were talking nonsense. <laughs> I don't know if I did. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Ricky Holmes there. I thought he's been a bit of uh, since since he's come back from his injury and started really getting into the the swing of things. Now I thought he's been a bit of a revelation. Also, we saw mm. his his hat trick at Shrewsbury. I thought he was one of the players that came out of uh, of Northampton with any credit. And uh, like I say, uh, we, we talked about that that tackle back on Tuesday, but there was a uh, there was one particularly glorious ball we put in towards the end of the first half across the face which Konza couldn't quite reach mm. or Eribo couldldn't quite reach um, you know we he's one of those players saying you know, he had what eight to ten weeks out injured in the middle of the season that is one of those ones where you, you look in there thinking oh if he hadn't been injured what a difference he could have made especially at times when we were looking blunt yeah sort of definitely and um He's one of those players as well that the nature of his game means that when he comes back from injury it is going to take him a little while to get back up and running but he just he leads by example, doesn't he? And he just he always runs. He always gives a hundred percent. And you know the fans sing it. And Carl said it. I can't think what game it was after. If he had eleven of of him on the pitch, what a different side we'd be. Because you, you never look 
or you never get the sense that he's giving anything less than his best. Um, and yeah, as you say, the last three or four games he's been, even in our poor performances, he's been outstanding. That hat trick, obviously, as you said against Northampton, I thought he was he was pretty decent. And and again Tuesday night, he was just harrying everything down. And and when there's someone like that there, it must be hard not to want to follow suit and do the same. And that's on Tuesday night what the other players did now down the left hand side uh, in terms of defence and midfield and I think as, as I know Chickson's still still coming back from his injury but I think he, I think he played all 90 on on Tuesday didn't he so yeah. I, I personally wouldn't wouldn't drop him after that performance I thought it was, it was pretty good down there and then then it comes to the question of uh, the left midfield does the skipper start again well I mean if he's fit then I would I don't think hey, but again it all depends how he's bandaged up and if he's lost half of his leg or whatever because he played 90 minutes I don't know but he was, he was terrific um, so I, if he was fit I'd like to think we wouldn't ch- change a losing side for the sake of it but you know if, if it means that we keep him for tu- next Tuesday against Bradford um, which is in theory a stronger opposition maybe I don't know but um, it all depends like he said how JFC comes in and how he, how he responds to uh, this week's training Um so yeah, we'll see. But uh, I'd like to see Jacko in there if he is fit. If he's not, then there's no point. There's no point burning him out. Well, just, he, burning him out yeah. at the age of forty or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he does bring that that little bit extra, doesn't he, in mm. terms of um, leadership and mm. and fight. And uh, Richard Corley mentioned in the, in the in his report or in his press conference or in, in the press conference something about the the desire he, he shows to get to that corner. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just that little extra bit of oomph that, that a Charlton side sometimes lacks. He's a he's another one that when he's on the pitch, you as another player, you I think you'd find it very hard not to play to your best. He, he just. Okay, he he might not have it in the legs anymore, but his desire and his dedication. He said it in the program before the game. He'll play in goal if he has to for this club because he knows what it means to play for Charlton. And I think some of the players that aspect of it has been questioned recently. But as I say, you couldn't question it Tuesday night. You, you as far as I'm concerned, you could never question Jacko for that. And uh, if he's fit, I, I would have him on the pitch all day long. Of course, it was a diamond on there. On Tuesday, mm. so it wasn't exactly on the left. But, no. uh, you know, you know what I mean in terms of having him in, inside the uh, the squad. Right, let's uh, thirty seconds left. Let's have some quick predictions, Tom. Three uh, nil. Three nil. Oh. You have to specify which team. <laughs> oh, uh, Charlton. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> two, two, two nil. Charlton. Two nil. All right, I'm gonna have it as well. Two one to them, addicts. Right, this has been Charlton live and the big match preview. Tom and Nathan, thanks for coming in. Cheers, Cheers everyone. Right. Nathan's off. Nathan's off. Yeah, <laughs> halfway out the door. Really. <laughs> See you later, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to everyone who was on tonight's show, including uh, the very brave Alex Stedman for giving up his time and explaining his situation to us. We hope you've enjoyed the big match preview. We'll be back here on Maritime Radio on Sunday evening. I've been Louis Meadows. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you then. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 